Ephemera and growing up geeky. Uh, today we have a cool guest, also from the podcast world. Introduce yourself. Yay! Hello, uh, my name is Dawn, uh, also known as Usumimi, and I am the host of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. Yay! So we're going to talk about anime and uh, <laughs> have fun. Um, I thought uh, it would be really fun to talk about sort of the experience of sort of like growing up and having this like enthusiasm and meeting people and and doing like the anime convention and club scene i know you sort of like brush up against it a couple times in your show and it's sort of Mm -hmm. it seems like it's just a fun topic and it's i think it would be fun to just zero in yeah yeah totally like i know there's a lot of kids out there who you know didn't come into anime via like anime clubs or whatever and like that's kind of i think anime clubs have kind of fallen out of fashion because before like an anime club was like where you went to see things that you've never seen before but like we have the internet now so it's it's a lot easier to just be like i want to watch some anime bloop bloop you know turn on crunchyroll or netflix or hulu or whatever and like you have literally years worth of content there so like it's way different than it used to be it used to be like you know you were really limited to like what your local video store had what you might already have and what like your friends have (laughs) so an anime club was a place where you went to watch stuff you might not have or like you know tape trade with like other people be like "Ooh, you have this i have this do you want to trade animes did you did you have the utter high of a good trade i go nuts every anime boston at the swap meet oh man (laughs) yeah i mean regardless of that like yeah if if i'm at an (laughs) anime convention and there's a swap meet that is like my number one thing that I go to because like you just never know what's gonna be there and I've heard the anime Boston one is like crazy good oh it was it, it is an absolute circus I love I adore it um also people are starting to shed their like 2000 stuff and that's mm. when I was like starting in the scene so now I get to get a bunch of I mean, I'm just there to take people's Princess Eye stuff because I <laughs> love it's. You know how Princess Eye is just like the weirdest train wreck on earth. Oh, it's so it, bizarre. <laughs> it fascinates me, <laughs> and, and everybody like, has something. What if we the get impulse bought at Hot Topic? <laughs> what if we get Courtney Love to help us write this weird American manga with like Tokyo Pop and like. We have character designs by the lady that did Paradise Kiss, but she doesn't draw it, so, like, the art is totally different regardless. No, Ayazawa went home. She drew the- clocked in, drew the character, went home. I feel like this is somehow, like, the result of, like, a weird schmoozing at a party that happened in, like, 2003 that we'll never know about. Oh, like that would not surprise me at all, you know? Because, like, back in the day when Tokyo Pop was still, like, hot shit, and now they're just hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be both. 
I mean, Stu Levy, like, was trying to stick his, you know, finger in so many pies. Like, he was all oh over God. the place. He was like, what if we do video games? And what if we do anime and live action stuff? And then what if we have a reality show? And, like, of course, of course he wanted to make a weird manga thing with Courtney Love. Yes. So weird. I think it's so funny that they released like an album, and of course, Courtney Love doesn't sing on it. Of course, <laughs> oh she doesn't. Like, like, they, have, they have somebody like, else do it. She's not in the motion comic. She's not. She just like wrote some of the songs and clock again. Also, like Ayazawa clocked out clocked of there. Out, yep. She's like, I will take my paycheck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And now I don't want anything to do with this a little slice of this hot topic also i think it's fascinating that they wanted to make that like samurai girl tv show with melissa joan hart and if there is (laughs) any footage of that that exists i want it anyway i have like a morbid fascination with uh specifically princess i but anything utterly weird tokyo pop tried to do like to claw their way into other markets for no reason yeah Mr. Disco Stu Levy, he just wanted, like, world domination, I guess. But, like, you know, like most people, like most people like that, you know, he uh, shot a little too close to home and, you know, lost everything. And now he's trying to claw his way back and it's not quite working out the way he wants to, probably. World domination through anime really seemed possible in 2007. (laughs) So... It's it's nobody's fault. Uh, we ha- we had a lot of fun. Um, so that's a total sidebar. Yeah, got a, disa- a disaster piece. Um, <laughs> I hope to I hope to honestly like the real dream is just gra- pulling a bunch of people like seeing if I can pull weird ri- people who are involved in like the writing process. I'm so I just fascinated. Oh man, because <laughs> that's like the ultimate OC, isn't it? Courtney loves like manga OC that she helped invent. Kinda. It's the patron saint of our our, our broadcast. <laughs> uh, so back to like clubs and cons and swap mm-hmm. meets and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, sort of like, do you have like, did you experience cons or clubs first, or sort of what was the first foray? So my first, I guess, kind of would be like cons because. You know, I, I was going to comic conventions before anime conventions were, like, really a thing yet. Like, um, Project Akon was, like, the first anime convention. And that's been around for, like, I think, God, how long? Almost 30 years or something like that? Um, I'm probably way off, but it's been a while since I looked. <laughs> it's been around. It's, probably. It, it started in, the like, the early 90s, I believe. Um, so before that, yeah. there was just, like, regular comic conventions, and if you went to, like, a comic convention, or, a, like, a sci-fi convention or something like that, um, sometimes you could find anime stuff, because it was still, like, pretty small, it was, it was, like, the niche of an already niche hobby, <laughs> so, like, you know, I used to go to, uh, comic conventions when I was young, and... Um, every once in a while you would see they would have like a, you know, anime viewing room, which was usually like a corner 
of a viewing room like way off in the back with like one tv and one vcr and like one nervous looking dude with a raw copy of like random episodes of dirty pair with like a fan translated script that he would give to people so they could follow along because fan subs weren't really like a thing yet (laughs) Yeah, I know that's still a, it's really fun when you have to uh, go and read a script. I don't have too much experience with that, except in like a Takarazuka circles, because that's like, we have a script for you. If you happen to find a video of the recording, <laughs> right? Ooh. follow along at home. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's was... how I experienced the golden joy that is the loop in Takarazuka show. <laughs> Oh my god. I haven't seen that. That sounds like it would be amazing, though. Oh my god. Oh, It's extremely so cool. <laughs> silly. So it sounds like anime was sort of relegated to almost like the video game room that you experience in it modern It kind cons. of. It was, it was like, it was like, you know, it was there, but it was more like, you know, like, comic book fans back in the day would be like, oh, those weird, like, anime people, because like... There's, there was the stigma that, like, anime was all either, like, children's cartoons or pornography. It was yeah. one or the other. It wasn't, there was nothing in between <laughs> to, uh-huh. to a lot of those people. So, like, if you were like, oh, I really like those, like, Japanese cartoons, because, like, it wasn't really, you didn't really call it anime back then, because, uh, like, uh, that wasn't, like, the, the term everybody used. Um but like if you told oh i like those japanese cartoons they would be like oh really okay Mm." because like this was before stuff like dragon ball and sailor moon had really like hit it big you know so people weren't really like aware that (laughs) that was like a thing uh unless they were aware that like say some cartoons they already grew up with were technically anime like speed racer or Astro Boy, or Gigantor, or stuff like that. But a lot of kids just didn't know that those were, you know, those wacky Japanese cartoons. <laughs> so yeah, are all the like children's fairy tale ones that totally went under the radar, and they just popped oh, out yeah. like Nickelodeon and such. Yeah, like Masterpiece <laughs> Theater, like all that stuff. Um, and uh, tons of other stuff. Like, you know, back in the day, uh, Nausicaa was released here as Warriors of the Wind. And it was, like, this horrible, like, weird edited version with a uh, <laughs> with a VHS cover that was, like, totally mm-hmm. just painted to look like this weird sci-fi movie. It looked nothing oh. like anything that was actually in the movie. It was so bad. It was so bad. That's wild. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Cra- that was one of the reasons why it took so long for, like, Ghibli movies to come over here. Because, like, uh, famously Miyazaki was just so horrified by what they did to Nausicaa that he was just like, never again. <laughs> it's like, so actually you guys are all out banned. No more. <laughs> you get nothing. Flagged, banned. <laughs> Blocked. Ooh, I did a cursory Google and Akon started in 1990. Oh, okay. So I was close. It appears. For, for some if it's reason, the one in... that was in Texas. Yes. For some reason in my head, okay. I thought it started in 91, but I was close. Now, if anyone wants their exact facts. So, like, to get to a Comic-Con, I think that's interesting because mm-hmm. I lived in sort of the middle of nowhere where uh, even in, like, the 2000s, we had, like, one anime con in, a, like, a sad high school in the corner. Oh. But, like, AB was over there, so we could just go to AB. Um... <laughs> 
the the comic cons that I went to when I was young, they were usually held in like the the banquet hall of a hotel or yes. uh, some sort of like place that you could rent for like a day or two. So like a youth center or like you know something like that something where you could rent like a couple rooms and you'd have like space where people would have like tables to sell like comics and memorabilia and whatnot and I would totally like try to poke around and see if I could find like every once in a while you could find like some macross stickers or untranslated manga you know it was usually somebody they had like a family friend or a family member or they themselves like were stationed in japan for like you know a couple months and they would find a few random things to mail back to you and you'd resell them for like you know 10 times what they paid for it (laughs) exactly Kind of similar to now in some, you know, aspects. You know, there's always markup because, you know, you got to make a profit. But that was also how people got, like, anime as well back then. Like, you know, someone you knew was, like, in Japan and they'd tape a few random things off of TV and bring it back and be like, check this out. I've got this weird, like, cartoon in another language. Isn't it wild? And my favorites used to be the ones that would also have the commercials in there. I really like uh, to go on archive.org, which has, like, a lot of people just, it seems, it's a weird repository for, like, old 1800s books and people throwing their VHS recordings of old TV broadcasts. Oh, yeah. So. Totally. It's very fun. Internet archive is great. A lot of people put, like, Uh, just the most random things that they can find because they're like, well... I can't put this on YouTube because it'll probably get a strike, but this belongs somewhere <laughs> where people can access it. Belongs it belongs somewhere. My, my, this, uh, yeah, like, I, I just found the most random things. Uh, I just, I, for, I've been using it for, like, American TV for a while, just for the fun of it, uh, and thought, oh, I guess I should search for anime. That might be fun. And found just, like, the most ridiculous things, like a, like a VHS of a Sailor Moon phone game you're supposed to play uh, <laughs> from, like, the early 90s. Like, oh, man. it was very good. Um, that's It's a beautiful journey, and I thank people for doing that. People also post the stupid CDs you could get with, like, oh, new type? I'm trying to, oh. What's an anime magazine? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the American one just... used to come with like DVD screeners, right? With like random things on it. Yeah, I yeah. was on like the edge of a lot of this stuff, sort of like phasing out because I mm-hmm. uh, started going into to conventions in 2009, uh, the year after LineCon happened at Anime Boston, which was oh. the mismanagement of the century, where people were waiting in line for like eight hours because. Oof. It was terribly mismanaged. Um, yeah, that sounds like what happened. Um, I think that's what happened like two years ago at Acon. Like they were under like new management or something, and they were in a new location, and the computers went down, and some people were in line for like seven hours or something like that. Oof. And now they use a professional line service. And now oh. for the most important question I could ever ask you. What cosplay was emblematic of the era you started attending cons in? Ooh, okay. So, like, the first actual, like, anime convention I ever went to um, was the proto-Sakura con, basically. 
because uh, I, I used to live in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so the first anime convention over there in the Seattle area was uh, what would become SakuraCon. But back then they called it BakaCon. And for those of you who don't know, but since this is a Mary Sue-based podcast, you probably already know, Baka means stupid or idiot. <laughs> so the big joke was like, it was the idiot convention. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and back when it first- Hello? <laughs> uh, back when it first started, it Fool was- Fool-con. You're right. <laughs> Fools. But um, back when it first started, it was in- this very small double tree inn that doesn't even exist anymore. It has been since paved over and is part of the parking lot of a mall. The main meeting rooms and the banquet rooms of this very tiny little double tree inn. And I believe that first year I went, there was maybe 200 people, something like that. It was very small. And this was like in 97? 98 something like that uh but i was just really excited because i was like wow a whole convention and nothing but anime and um you know i was aware of cosplay but i didn't really like you know know what to expect because i'd seen pictures of cosplay in like japanese magazines uh so i knew what like the japanese folks were doing but i was like oh i wonder what kind of cosplay i'll see at this like american anime convention you know and um i believe the big stuff that i remember seeing and being really excited for was there was like final fantasy cosplayers uh yeah. so like final fantasy 7 was like really huge um i'm trying to think what oh, other that would, yeah that makes sense given the yeah given the time frame right yeah um i remember also seeing oh tenchi muyo there was definitely a fair amount of Tenchi Muyo cosplay because that was like really starting to be huge in the American anime scene. I also remember seeing Sailor Moon, obviously, but like it was very like handmade. Well, everything was like handmade. So it was very like, we're so used to, you can just like go to like a costume place online and be like one sailor moon please and like you get a bag of you know whatnot and you can be like a pretty passable like okay looking sailor moon but back then like everyone had to hand make everything so like you had these like very earnestly handmade sailor moon costumes that like you know looked sort of off but you could tell that like they put their whole heart in it so you were just like wow that's so cool that you spent like all that time to make this like sailor moon costume or you know one of the sailor moon characters like whichever one this goes for all costumes back then like the wig situation in the 90s was not good (laughs) like people people had either the choice of like party city wigs or expensive human hair wigs and so of course what are a bunch of like teenage geeks gonna you know pick they're gonna pick the party city wigs also because they come in wacky colors and whatnot anime colors or as close as you could get them because like cosplay wigs didn't really exist yet and the ones that did were like super expensive and you had to like mail order them and they still weren't that good (laughs) 
And now it's sort of like Ouroboros where like Party City wigs will have stuff that's clearly anime characters. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We've come around like they have Sailor Moon wigs, basically. Yeah, I mean, everyone has lines of wigs lately. Like I was at a Party City like a few months back looking for supplies for something. And like just, you know, for funsies, I went and I poked around the wig section and they had like RuPaul brand wigs. At Party City, I was His like, "Jeez, brands, yeah." <laughs> I was, I was like, "They're probably not very good," but like, <laughs> oh my goodness! Because I mean, if they're being sold at Party City, I mean, but uh, I mean, for like oh baby's goodness. first cosplay, like, you know, a Party City wig is fine. But um, oh, it's fine. I once saw at one of my earliest conventions, I just like turned around and caught the most magical glimpse. Of an an Edward Elric who had uh just his whole arm wrapped in tinfoil and silly string <laughs> on his regular human hair. Like he just put yellow silly string in his human hair. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's to this day, I think, just truly one of the greatest cosplays I have witnessed. Oh, bless them. Bless them. I mean, there was the the other thing with like hair well like if you couldn't find a wig or something some people would just get those like those really cheap um spray in hair color things we still do this yes <laughs> and just spray their hair whatever color just bring it on <laughs> oh i ask the emblematic of the era cosplay question because I had this specific experience and I will say it dealt me psychic damage. Oh. Uh, one day I looked around and I realized that it had been a whole anime convention weekend and nobody had cosplayed Elle from Death Note and I felt that passage of time deep oh. within me. Oh my gosh, I remember when that when that came out and I was still living in the Seattle area like there was just a mass of like L cosplayers, just so many of them. They were everywhere. They, they were, were absolutely everywhere. Everywhere. And like they were walking around with no shoes. They <laughs> were like trying to oh stick their hair up with hair gel and it would oh be God. like half flopped over by the end of the day. And like, you know, they'd obviously borrowed their their friend's eyeliner and was just like like around their eyes and uh they'd uh, you know by the end of the day they touched their faces like a million times so they had streaks oh. down their faces and... oh, oh it was goodness. a mess it was a mess <laughs> A wild swerve into this because I forgot that the, one of the biggest difference and in conventions are there's a million things you're not allowed to do anymore, including have your bare feet touch the con floor. I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to have my bare feet touch a con floor. Like, I've oh my God. over the years I have seen things and I don't want any part of my bare skin touching what goes on the floor. Like no. God. No. <laughs> There's a lot of things that um, are no longer allowed at cons for good reasons. And, you know, honestly, thank God people have made rules <laughs> against them. I I mean, there's a... I love rules. <laughs> there's a, um, a video, like, on YouTube uh, about the history of yaoi paddles. Yes. And if you've never but seen that... does the bootleg panel. Oh, it's if, good. If, if you've never watched that video... Like, that is some A-plus fandom history right there, because for, for a hot minute, those were a thing. 
and I I still God. to this day don't know why. Like even they were, I like honestly an it, actual it, crime. They were, and <laughs> you know, even after watching that video, I still don't understand how they took off so hard. I like I, it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, well, I think. It's so interesting. The landscape of fandom has just honestly changed for, I would say, the better. We are all so much wiser. And uh, I think there are things that I miss, but not that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot of stuff I do not miss. And that is one of them. I also do not miss the whole random glomping thing. As soon as we can stop role are aggressively role playing at people for what cosplay they're wearing then i can go back to <laughs> living my best life yeah yeah for for those of you who might not even know like the word glomping oh. uh like has become synonymous with like really hard like tackling hugs which like yeah i mean in anime that's like a thing sure but like in real life no don't do that that's especially strangers like people were doing it to strangers and i was just like horrified like you read these horror stories about people who were like you know i broke bones uh i strained muscles because random person saw my cosplay and was so excited they just decided to tackle me to the floor like Like, that's like my nightmare honestly oh my god and this is a history we have laid down a history it's so funny too because like people don't know where the word glomping came from that that was actually a sound effect that was sort of like uh i wouldn't say made up but utilized in uh the american translation for the ronmo one half manga and so because that was used in the manga when people started writing fanfic about Ranma, they some of them would use the term in the fanfic. And so people would read that and it sort of spread into other fanfic until it sort of spread into like the general like fandom knowledge of like that was the word for like a very like close like bear hug basically. And so so many people who have no idea what the hell Rama one half is have no idea where the word glom came from, but that's sort of going way back. Oh yes, I saw that they. Um, yes, it just it just felt like lis- looking at history. I got the chance to look at an old uh, one of the old viz copies of Maisoni Koku because it was in a library I visited, and it had the word glom, and I was like, "You too? Oh yeah, I yeah." Because a lot <laughs> of the um... is universal. A lot of the translators that worked on Ranma also worked on uh, Maze and Ikoku because that was also a Viz title. So yeah. it sort of spread to like other things too. And th- that also helped uh, probably get it in the fandom vernacular, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, it just really surprised me that like a lot of people like sort of grasped onto that language who had no idea where it came from but they were but they instantly were like that is a hundred percent what that kind of hug would sound like that is that action like it Uh, made sense to them (laughs) i guess i don't know i don't know it was it was very intimidating (laughs) um yeah so that gives you a lot of perspective since 
I guess we went down the bad memory lane. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's take a trip down the, the dealer's room of days gone by. Is there something sort of in like older anime culture that you kind of miss um, that isn't as prevalent now? Um, there doesn't seem to be as much of a urge from fans nowadays, I see, to go back and like revisit old, old things. Uh, it's usually, like, from my observation, purely my own observation, I don't see a lot of, like, younger fans get into anime and immediately be like, okay, so what has come out in the past, like, 50 years? <laughs> like, what are yeah, the classics? What are, what are the things I should know? It's usually like, oh, I saw this one show and I really liked it. What are 50 other shows that are exactly like it that I can watch? <laughs> Or what's what's hot right now? What's coming out right now? Since we have like 50-some shows a season coming out yeah. every year, which is insane. That's a, Honestly, that's another thing I also kind of miss is just like, you know, maybe three or four, maybe five things come out a season. Like, woo! <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to keep track of things. And, like, a lot of stuff is, like, really samey to me nowadays. I mean, every season I find, like, maybe one or two things that, like, interest me and I might check out or, like, actually sit and watch the whole thing. But um, that's a good season for me. I'm like, oh, look, this looks kind of interesting and maybe I'll try that and that's fine. Um, but, like, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, I'm so behind on, like, the 30 shows I watched this season. And I'm like, what? Oh, goodness. I... That's... Oh, gosh. That's a lot, man. <laughs> but um, I, that was one of the reasons I started the podcast, because I was like, I kind of miss... There used to be this sort of, like, universal knowledge of, like, that anime fans would have. Like, you would become an anime fan, and you would be like, okay, what what's out there? And people would be like, oh, you should see this because it's a classic. You should see this because, like you know, it's really funny. You should see this because, you know, so-and-so worked on it. It's amazing. And so, like, for the first, I want to say maybe 10 years of being an anime fan, like, everyone kind of knew about the same stuff. And so you can make a joke about, like, this thing. Like, you know, you can make a joke about Speed Racer or, you know, <laughs> Astro Boy or whatever. And people would know exactly what you were talking about. But, you know, now it's kind of hard to do that because there's just so much, you know? <laughs> You'd have to find, like, exactly the right audience who knew exactly what you were talking about. Exactly. I visited my uh, brother's college anime club. I do it every so often. And uh, they were watching uh, Detective Conan, and I was the keeper of the lore because they did not know the log line of the series. And oh. I was just like, like, my mind was cracked open because that seems fairly recent to me. Um, and but it's yeah, still Conan's decently been popular. Going Conan's been going on for so long. Like isn't it like nine right? Isn't it like, like 900 episodes now? It's in the, like the 900s because it definitely hasn't caught up to One Piece. Um, uh, but it will ooh. someday. They it's are both a, a eternal. <laughs> yeah. They can never be shaken. But like, it's Those weird are... because it was like such a monolith. So it's kind of funny to, to have people mm -hmm. who just don't know about it, period. Yeah, those are both things that I watched like a little bit of and then I was like uh this is probably gonna go for a while so I don't know if I'll keep up with it and then I turn around and I'm like Jesus Christ that thing is still going 
Jesus Christ, it's eternal. Um, <laughs> it will never stop. It will. I mean, got, even you guys, even Sailor Moon stopped. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll pop. They'll they'll give us a little something every once in a while. But like, yeah. But yeah, the story is like over. Like it's over. <laughs> it you ended. To, it's it's fine. <laughs> we we can't move on. You have this. The shonen rule is that you bite on to a concept that people like, and you hold on to it until past when people are still pulling on the other other end, and you just dig in forever, and you yep. figure out all the ways people be, can be killed with fishing line, duct tape, <laughs> and uh. Basically, those two things. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, I, I, you know, I say that, like, I, I make fun, but, like, you know, uh, what was it, two years ago, like, Dragon Ball Super started up, and I was like, oh, another Dragon Ball thing? But then I got sucked into that, too, so <laughs> I watched that whole thing, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to watch this yeah. because I'm a sucker. <laughs> of course oh, yeah, I'm going to watch in. this. Conan was the perfect thing to pop on with my mom because she likes like procedurals like Columbo and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Totally. It was like it was the perfect thing where it's like you can enjoy this anime I like mm-hmm. and I can have fun with the mystery zone. Oh man, did did she ever like uh get into what's it? Um Phoenix Wright? Oh man. <laughs> there are still options on the table. I can bring these to my mom at any time. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I didn't watch the anime cuz I heard it was kind of like not the best, but like those games I think still hold up. They're pretty fun. I think someday I can drag her through Monster. I think I think she would find that interesting. Oh, totally. I I once <laughs> like, like my mother is the same way. She loves um uh what do you call it? Uh Law and Order and all those things. And I told her the plot of uh, Monster once, and she was like, wow, that sounds really great. And then she was, she immediately was like, too bad it's a cartoon. And I was like, damn. Oh, rude. <laughs> I know. almost got her. <laughs> I was like, duh. Oh. I feel like in another time, my mother would have been like exactly like me because she was really, she well, she still is, really into like Star Trek and... Um, you know, like those, uh, like Law and Order and CSI and like all those like crime shows. And she was like really into Stephen King and like all that stuff. I feel like if she had just given anime yeah. a chance, like I could have convinced her. But like, I, it's past the point now. I think she's just yeah. like, oh, one those cartoons. My, one of my mutual uh, anime club friends um, basically... Um, his grandmother despises anime because, like, when his mom was growing up, it was stuff like like Speed Racer, and she found it inane. <laughs> now oh, she well, thinks all anime is this way. <laughs> yeah, that but was that was my good, father clean, for fun watching Speed Racer. Okay, <laughs> you could. I mean, that was my father for many years. He like made fun of you know me liking stuff like that because you know. Him and I used to actually watch Speed Racer. Like, they used to do repeats of it, like, in syndication uh, when I was really young. And he liked cars, so, you know, it was something we could watch together. And and he'd laugh at it all the time. But he thought, like, that was still how they were being made, (laughs) like, years later. He's like, oh, those wacky... Japanese cartoons where everyone talks too fast. And and I was like, Dad, it's, it's gotten better since then yeah, i mean well, there is 
Well, there is just an undeniable charm to everything happens so much anime, which is <laughs> right. why I love watching old Lupin. Um, because you're oh. just like, why is, why is this just glorious chaos happening? Oh like, man, Pink Jacket is some great examples of that. <laughs> so great, just utter nonsense. I'm thank you guys for doing that. <laughs> huh. It's a treasure, honestly. Honestly, it's it's so blessed. Uh, that, we're gonna, I guess we're gonna, we'll pull in all kinds of directions. I've got just our general nostalgic questions. Do you remember sort of how you got, like, first got involved in an anime club? And was it just, like, watching stuff and trading tapes? Or do you have any other memories of things you guys did? Well, the first anime club thing I ever went to was there was a college that did an anime club um, not too far from where I lived. And it was, like, open. You didn't have to, like, go to the college to, like, participate. Like, anyone was allowed to come, like, you know, hang out, visit. So, of course, I wanted to go hang out with the cool older kids (laughs) and, like, see what they were watching. And, like, I went to a few of those and... But I was just very nervous, very shy. So I just like kind of sat in the back and was really quiet and just watched whatever it was they were watching and observed and <laughs> was just like, how do I act in front of college students? Um, I be cool. <laughs> how do I be cool? But um, that like sort of eased me into it. And then when I got to high school, our high school had an anime club. And so, like, immediately I was, like, you know, first one in the door. How do I join? Please let me in. (laughs) And it was funny because when I joined, there wasn't really a lot of women involved. Well, girls, I should say. And, like, everyone who was, like, you know, president, co-president, whatever, was, you know, dudes. So... I think when, like, me and, like, a couple of my other friends showed up and we were obviously girls, they were, like, a little, like, uh, skeptical, I guess would be the nice way to say. They were, like, are you, like, the thing was, they were, like, are you just here for Sailor Moon? Like, that was, you know, the thing because Sailor Moon had just started, like, really kicking into high gear at the time. And I was, like, no, I like more stuff than Sailor Moon obviously (laughs) like I like it but it's not you know the only thing that I know about and you know so it felt like at first I sort of had to like prove myself which I mean that sounds ridiculous but that's still sort of like a thing that you see in like fandom spaces is like you know gatekeepy dudes who are like I don't know do you deserve to be here do you know enough to like anime you know that kind of stuff But, like, you know, after I started becoming a regular and, you know, we we all started to um, trade tape lists and stuff, they were like, oh, okay, well, you have this. So, like, you obviously, you you know, know that, you know, know your anime stuff, I guess. Which, I mean, is silly because even if I was just there for, like, yeah, I like Sailor Moon, what else is there? Like, it would be stupid to turn me away to be like, psh. You only like Sailor Moon? Get out. You know, you know, I don't want you to like the thing I like. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) it was it was a really weird time. But, it, you know, it also made me feel really proud because I was like, yeah, of course, I know this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so these guys were like, "Okay, okay, you're cool. You're cool. But it was still kind of a struggle because like after they, you know, I'd been there like a year, um, those 
dudes that were in charge had been seniors. And so they were like, okay, we got to like interview for who can become the next like president of the club when, you know, we leave. And so like immediately I was like, ooh, ooh, me. Because like I knew I had like a fairly big catalog of tapes. Like I could handle something like that. It was it was really awkward because like they made me like go through this like interview process and like all this other stuff. And the kicker was at the end of the day, like everyone knew that like I would be like good for like the choice of, you know, taking over the automated club because I was responsible. Uh, I was knowledgeable and I had a good collection of stuff to show people. But they were like, but we've never had a woman in charge. So they saddled me with like a, not a vice president, but a co-president. Co-president. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) And the worst part, the worst part was the, the, the guy that was my co-president was hardly ever there. Like ever. But he would go around and tell people he was president of the anime club. And I was just like, okay, so I do all this hard work and I'm just like, nothing all right whatever but like teenagers you know (laughs) i was in the very unique uh position of being in an anime club run through the girl scouts so oh (laughs) yes Uh, that's a story for if i can get some other people who were in that with me to come on the show someday That's but that awesome. was extremely chaotic. We would like go on field trips to like a Japanese market. Oh wow. <laughs> it would be like, let's go. And then you would see the wall of bootleg DVDs. Oh wow. <laughs> and that was like the most exciting <laughs> thing in the world when I was fifteen. <laughs> like getting I mean, to go yeah. pick up Melon Pan and get common writer DVDs. Oh, totally. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, like, we would go to the um, the International District, you know, a.k.a. Chinatown, I guess. Um, and in the Seattle area, there were so many different places that had, like, you know, anime stuff and and manga. And, you know, there was a Kinokuniya bookstore and you could get, like, the official manga and, like, Japanese magazines and, like, all this other cool stuff. And you, you still can. Um, if anyone ever goes to the Pacific Northwest, you, you want to go to Wajimaya. That's the Japanese and Asian grocery store. You can get your melon pond there. You can get your pocky there. <laughs> you get can get your curry pan. Get your curry pond. Like, all sorts of stuff. They have really good food. It's really great. And then inside the Wajimaya, they have a Kinokuniya bookstore. And you can go get, like, uh, the, the bulk of the books are in Japanese. But they also have, like, an English section that's pretty sizable. Um, it's grown huge over the years. Like when I first started going there, it was like this tiny little shop that was on top of this tiny little supermarket. And now it's like, it takes up like a whole block of, uh, city space. It's huge. Huge. I got to go to a Kinokuniya in, uh, New Jersey and it was, it was very big and it truly... You still get that feeling when you get to see stuff that you only ever get to see, like, online, mm-hmm. in person. It was very exciting. Oh, I got so spoiled when I lived there, because, like, now I live down south, and there's a there's a Kinokunya here, but it's literally, like, the size of a 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's not very big. Baby. It's And they don't even carry, like, all the magazines that I was used to, because I was used to, like, you know... I, I go to the magazine rack and be like, okay, I want this month's Nakiyoshi. I want this month's Cookie. Uh, you know, I want 
uh, this month's ribbon and, you know, all that stuff. And now I go there and they're like, we got Shodan Jump. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> good for people who read Jump. <laughs> Not to shit on that. Not because... to dunk on them, but it's it's the, the, the common one. You kind of want to see something else, too. Yeah. And plus they don't have, like, any of the girls or women's magazines, which kind of bummed me out. I was just like, oh. They can order them for you, though. Uh, so I was like, well, that's cool, but, like, I can also order them from home, so. <laughs> we, we have a cookie at home. <laughs> <laughs> we have cookie magazine at home. Is Which, home? I mean, fair. I do have old issues of cookie laying around somewhere, but. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it made me kind of sad. I mean, it's cool to have the option there, and, like, they do have, like, the, the big anime magazines. Like, they have Animage and um, New Type and and uh, all that stuff. But, you know, if I want the actual manga magazines, like, I have to special order them or something. Oh. And I'm just like, man, I miss the Seattle <laughs> newsstand where I could just go to Wajimaya and be like, I'm going to get this one and I'm going to get this one and I'm going to get this one. Um, not so much down here, but you know, maybe someday they'll expand, you know, this store has only been here like a couple years, so maybe that's why it's still so tiny, but I'm, I'm at least glad that there's options. <laughs> yeah. So are you like decently good at reading Japanese then? I assume you have a lot of practice, especially since, uh, in the show you talk about titles that you often talk about titles that haven't been released. So do you read a lot of that stuff or? When I was younger, it was, you, you would go online and you could find scripts for Japanese manga and you could print them out and then you could read them alongside the Japanese books, uh, which, you know, wasn't ideal, but it was fine. Uh, so that was kind of what led to like scanlations like years later was, you know, that people were like, hey, instead of just translating a script, let's slap that onto like scans of the actual manga and you know back then this was before we had so many you know english publishers like publishing manga so that was kind of out of a necessity but now they've kind of like eh, you know scanlations are like a tricky subject like yeah i don't i a hundred percent if something is licensed here i'm like you know no no scanlations of a licensed property are you kidding me um go get it but, like, if it's something that's very obscure or really old and, like, nobody is ever going to print it, then, like, I give a little leeway with that because, you know, that's fine. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> getting back. I um, think we've been having a, a decent amount of good luck in, in older stuff coming into print again. So I feel like there's not not hope for a lot of things, but... Yeah, I mean, um, Seven Seas has, like, a a monthly survey that they have people take every month and they're like hey give us like five different titles you would love to see in english and they have done a lot of like uh older stuff recently like they did uh captain harlock they did cutie honey they did devil man uh space battleship yamato like i was really shocked by <laughs> all those because those are very old classic titles that like i never thought would ever get in english translation over here so you know obviously i was super excited and i've been trying to buy up like all of those because 
you know, once those go out of print, I'm like, mm, <laughs> these are my treasures. You will pry them yeah. from my cold, dead hands. It's just sort of like me in the Barnes and Nobles just staring down Rosa Versailles, waiting until I give up my money for it. <laughs> oh, I have the first volume and it is legit, like, so worth it. Like, it's really good. <laughs> I was really... I was really hesitant to buy it because, like, the publishing company that put it out, like, they're kind of like, they're not my favorite, Mm -hmm. but they did a really good job with this. Like, whoever they hired to work on this specific title, like, they knocked it out of the park, pretty much. It's like, the only thing that kind of weirds me out is that the paper is, like, magazine paper. It's a little weird. It did seem really glossy when I just tapped it. Yeah, it is, it's like that glossy sort of magazine paper, but that means it probably won't yellow and degrade as fast as like regular paper, so I get it, but it, it's a textural thing. I'm just like, this is a little weird. I'm not used to my manga feeling like I'm reading a magazine. Yeah. What are you um, going to time time travel, smash your younger self's door open and say, well, you're going to have this in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, a lot of things I have now, I, I, my younger self would just be like, what? How? <laughs> what? Explain how. But I never, I, I never actually answered your question about reading Japanese. So You're right. I, I know the basics. <laughs> I know enough to like, I know enough to basically squeak by with like pretty simple, straightforward stories. Um anything that's like too dense or doesn't have the furigana that i can look up (laughs) for the kanji then i'm like uh i don't know (laughs) oh my god but um you know back in the day you know when i had access to buying like the japanese books japanese manga is like ridiculously cheap so like i could buy a volume of sailor moon for like four dollars and that was insanely cheap. So, and I already knew the story of Sailor Moon, mostly. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to buy all these. <laughs> because it. it's Sailor it's, Moon it's... and it's pretty. And it's four bucks each. So, like, why not? So, of course, now I have, like, uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five different printings of Sailor Moon, which is not great (laughs) for how small my apartment is but um but yeah like i i have a basic knowledge of japanese i would never say i'm fluent because that's just not Mm -hmm. true ever like i even if i took like an actual class and you know tried to study it way harder like i would never ever be (laughs) fluent but like if you know there's if I'm away from the TV and I'm watching some anime and they talk a little bit, I can kind of get the gist of what's going on while I'm not looking at it. And then I come back and I'm like, okay, I didn't miss anything. But I am a little bit better at reading than I am speaking. Like, reading and comprehens- comprehension is like a little bit easier when it's on paper to me um, than speaking. <laughs> Plus, yeah. like, I I... I have trouble pronouncing things sometimes. Like, I don't even know Spanish very well because, like, I cannot roll my R's. I cannot. I have stupid tongue. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's intimidating. But, oh, like, I get the, ha- you know, I get the gist of, of stuff, basically. And 
I, I, you know, back in the day, I had some Japanese pen pals, and like I would like ask them like, how do you say this? How do you write this? Like, how do you, you know, phrase this? Or what's some slang you can teach me? And you know, I learned some stuff here and there, and uh, I thought it was funny. Like, I can still write like a little bit, like very simple, like Japanese, excuse me, um, like phrases and words and stuff. And I had like I have a friend who she's like Japanese American. And, like, one year for her birthday, I wrote her a card, and I wrote happy birthday in Japanese, because, you know, why not? Yeah. And so she was Sweet. like, oh, my God, your Japanese handwriting is better than mine. <laughs> you- and I was like, oh, no. It's probably because it took me, like, half an hour to write that. <laughs> I was very, very careful about this one. Uh... But. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my my Japanese comprehension is like, eh, it's okay. Like if I if someone dropped me in Japan, I would live. <laughs> yeah. Like I would I would I would know like oh how to read some of the basic signs. I would know how to ask for like food or where things are or where the bathroom is, and I'd know how to ask for help. And I think that's the like the important stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so I would survive sort of this uh uh, our Japanese professor was sort of known for his like ruthless efficiency and he took a group of students to Japan and he just like booked it got everybody on the train so fast that he left uh, our anime club president behind and <gasps> oh, no! she had to like like she was at the point where she realized the only person she could figure out how to ask for the phone was like this little girl next to her she's fine now she lived oh but- <laughs> But she had uh, to suffer first. <laughs> yeah, oh. Yeah, the worst the worst part is just getting over the nervousness of like, oh no, I have to like speak to a person. I have to talk. I'm so intimidated. Oh no. It, it was so much easier when I was a kid and thought like I was like super amazing because like I knew some phrases like at one point in our high school we had like um some Japanese exchange students. I saw this group of, like, Asian girls, and I was like, what is that? And someone was like, oh, those are the Japanese exchange students. They're getting a tour of the high school. And, like, I immediately, immediately ran over that there and was like, like, who likes Sailor Moon, like, in Japanese? And, like, they all turned at me and were like, how do you know what that is? <laughs> and <laughs> how did you, you know? Here? And how did you know how to say that? <laughs> like, it was oh so funny. Like now, I wouldn't be able to do that in a million years because I would just be too nervous. Oh, no. But like, you know, you when you're a teenager, fine. you're dumb and you're fearless, and you're just like, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna tell those girls I like Sailor Moon, and I'm gonna ask them if they do too. <laughs> I want to know. I just, I'm so desperate to talk to other people who like Sailor Moon. <laughs> Please, somebody talk to me. I mean, truly, like, back then, you know, it was a lot harder to meet anime fans unless they were, yeah. like, you know, your friends and you, like, forced anime upon them. <laughs> they became your anime fan friends. Yeah, I know you had the whole episode talking to your, uh, like, anime pen pal that you have had over the years and I thought I just think that whole thing is really interesting as somebody who did write long letters to people but through the private messages on fanfiction.net so oh. <laughs> I sort of didn't do it in a physical way I think that's I don't know it's just it's cool everybody listen to that episode whatever number it is 
Yeah, I um I was really surprised at how many people really like responded to that episode. I thought it was going to be sort of like a boring like, well, eh, it, people might not like it, but whatever. I th- I think it's interesting, but like the response I got was like overwhelmingly great, which made me so happy because like that was such a huge chunk of my life as a teenager. Like, how do I find other anime fans and and then like you know, you find like the pen pal section of uh, like a manga or uh, you know, an anime magazine, like an English one, and you're just like, oh, there's other people out there looking for pen pals. I'm gonna write to them. <laughs> I'm gonna write to this complete stranger and hope they're not a creep. Don't be weird. <laughs> Don't make it weird. Don't but make yeah. it weird. <laughs> That's an impressive amount of bravery. I mean, you know, back then it was before the the truths of the world had poisoned my brain. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. You just like excited. I guess that's yeah. similar to early forays on the internet talking to people yeah. on DeviantArt. Yeah. And truly like a lot there were a lot of people my age who were similar, who were just like desperate to talk to anyone <laughs> who might possibly know what like Dragon Ball is, or Rodin Warriors, or you know, something like that. They were like, there's gotta be someone out there who knows. And we, you know, these are my people. We found each other somehow, you know. When you're that fanatic about something, like oh, it, yeah. you find a way to find other people. <laughs> Do you ever just like? pick through them and just be like this is so sweet because <laughs> i feel like that about my old dms <laughs> i just wish like i, s- I wish <sighs> i still had uh i used to have like this huge box of like most my most cherished letters like the ones i never threw away and somehow between moving across country uh it vanished i don't know if it accidentally got thrown away i don't know if uh like i just looked at it and was like well you know it's time to let go you know marie calm that stuff uh if it's uh, out there in the ether like all those that shipment of yaoi paddles (laughs) right it's out there (laughs) buried underground (laughs) i mean only those who who knows it could be i mean i had it in like this little i think it was like a little plastic rubbermaid storage box so it could be buried somewhere oh my god i mean but we all like we addressed each other as like our weird nicknames like that was how it was like you know very similar to anime forums like you picked a character that you uh, empathized with or thought was really cool and you were like i am that character now (laughs) you may call me you know uh usagi 863 at hotmail.com or whatever you know that's me it was very similar so like we we called each other by our like dumb anime nicknames like so someone's gonna find a box where someone was like dear usagi chan good it's fun it's nice it's adorable it was just like the most silly wholesome like fluff like you know like oh man i have so much homework you know (laughs) yeah it was oh god it would just you would just like i would just go to school log on to deviantart and just send 
letters to people like huge ones so i completely i understand it's a a little a little bit of that same slice i'm not sure what the youth does now uh i mean you know i i would assume they just send each other like messages through like facebook messenger what a hell (laughs) or or line chat or um even like twitter dms or something you know probably like the discord groups oh yeah or discords yeah totally I don't know. Uh, Forums not being around is my old person being like, wow, we don't really do that anymore, do we? Yeah, I mean, forums, like, they're there, but they're not as, like, prevalent in, like, fandom spaces as they used to be. Like, used to be you had, like, maybe five or ten forums you would go to every day, and now not so much. Yeah, finding out that people still like RP is wild. (laughs) People will always RP. That is something I have learned. Ever stop? They'll never stop. Because people were RPing when I was a kid. How do they do it? (laughs) People were RPing when I was a kid, and they are still RPing now. So it's not going anywhere. (laughs) My God! People love to pretend to be what they're not. Like that. that, that Is a like people? Did people have to RP through snail mail? Oh, back in the day? Um, yes, I'm would, so curious. I'm pretty sure people did do, like, snail mail RPs. Um, but also, like, people would do LARPing. Like, very... Yeah. That was, like, really popular. Um, the and then, ones. And then when um, Yahoo groups and stuff became a thing, people did email RPs. Uh, so they would do email groups where, like, you know, you'd send stuff to a whole, like, basically group of people and those were your rp buddies and you do it through email i'm pretty sure i've had several friends throughout the year who throughout the years who have tried to get me to do but i just that was never really my thing and i think it's because for so many years as a kid i was just like i'm just not creative in that way it was the same with like fanfic and like um ocs and stuff like i never thought of myself as a writer so, like, for years, I was just like, mm, no, I just can't do that. Which, looking back, that was stupid of me. I could have easily done that. But I didn't think, like, yeah. you know, it would be good enough, you know, because, like, I had so many friends who were, like, you know, were what I would say writers and are probably still, like, what I would consider writers to this day. You know, they were more, like, you know, they were inventing worlds and characters and stuff. And I was more of, like, a drawer. I loved to draw. Um, you know, back when I was young, like, for years and years and years, like, from the time I was, like, I want to say, like, four to about the time I was in high school, like, my goal in life was to go to art school and be an artist, but, like, that never happened. My idea of, like, making OCs was, like, I would come up with, like, some basic, like, traits, and then I would draw a character, and then that was it. I wouldn't write anything about them. I wouldn't really, like, do any deep meaningful like world building around them i would just be like this is a character i made and then i drew it this is it. and that's it this is her <laughs> here she is here they are <laughs> here yes is. there they are but then these are my ocs <laughs> and, you, but so then no, I no rogues gallery to introduce us to not really like i was trying to think about that like when i was like looking into your podcast i was like i don't think i really had any ocs like I think I invented, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was, like, a sailor sun and a sailor universe and a sailor this and a sailor that. 
And, like, I think I just drew concepts of, like, what those would look like. But I didn't, like, invent a character and, like, you know, give them names or anything. I was just like, I think this is what they would look like and stuff like that. Uh, Which, I mean, it was fun to do that for me. And I would have friends who they would write stories and they'd be like, oh, can you draw my characters? And I'd be like, yeah, just tell me what you think they would look like and I will do that for you, friend. So I guess I was sort of like an OC enabler. <laughs> you were like, yes, I will I will make your dreams come true as art friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is cool too. Hell yeah. And like, you know, sometimes my friends would like print out their, like, they would go on their home computer or even their home typewriters. This is how freaking old I am. And they would like write up stories and stuff and they'd be like, ooh, could you draw me some art to go with my story? And like, you know, I would read their little stories and sometimes it would be like basically fan fiction and that was cool. Like that was before I knew what the word fanfic was too. So I would just be like, oh, this is like a, a story with like Sailor Moon characters. That's really cool. <laughs> like what a cool nice. idea, you know? <laughs> I didn't know what it was called, I think, until like, like mid to late 90s like I didn't really realize that was like the term I was just like "Ooh, people writing stories about their favorite characters that sounds fun like I like that (laughs) just sort of a you're sort of like a son are you winning here (laughs) yeah (laughs) when I was a kid (laughs) you're just like I'm here to support all of you and I love this thanks guys yeah we definitely had people who would print out their fan fiction on library computers, so oh, it was oh, yeah, it, it it happens forever into eternity. Mm-hmm. I think I when when one of my friends got faster internet than we did, um, because she got AOL. Um, Ooh. I distinctly remember going over to her house and like her showing me like some of these fanfic websites that she had found that she was like, I really like these stories. And, like, she would, like, let me read some of them off the computer. Because she would, like, keep them up so they wouldn't have to reload. Yeah. And and I remember reading a couple going, like, wow, these are really good. Like, these feel like they were written by somebody who wrote books or something, you know. (laughs) You know, as a stupid teenager. And um, she would print her favorites and she had, like, a whole notebook full of ones that like she would find online and be like these are my favorites so I'm gonna print them out so I don't have to keep reloading the website (laughs) I will I will look at I will get to look at and read this forever thank you yeah I I wonder if she still has those like I should ask she probably got rid of it long ago (laughs) but that would be so cute if she still did oh man you had to make your own shrines you gotta print stuff out honestly totally like, I abused the hell out of, uh, my, my library had a color printer. And Ooh, for, yeah. uh, 10 cents a sheet, not five, oh. five was black and white. For 10 cents, you could print color. And oh, yeah. so I would amass, like, all the anime pictures that I would find. And I would make, like, a page size file of, like, my favorites. Like, I would collage them together so I'd only have to print one picture. <laughs> And print it for the 10 cents. And like that librarian, because you had to get the the thing you printed from the librarian. So so it, it couldn't be bad or else the librarian would see. 
but she did give me some weird looks like what is this like hey and i mean bless her heart she never she never was like "Mm, uh this isn't acceptable i'm not giving it to you she every time she was like all right where's your 10 cents (laughs) (laughs) give me that 10 cents and you can have your anime people (laughs) oh a small price to pay um i was just remembering like um thinking back to like my friends and like their ocs and stuff i have a pen pal who like i actually still write to her like i only have a few but this is one she's not the one that was on the the episode with me where we talked about the pen pal thing but she absolutely loves and goes hard for the sonic the hedgehog franchise and she has all these like ocs and fanfics that she's done for literally almost 30 years and (laughs) and she recently sent me a photocopy so it's not like super good looking but she sent me a photocopy of a drawing i did of one of her sonic ocs that i drew for her for her birthday one year because i thought that would make a cute present i'm like i'm gonna draw your oc for you And, like, I was kind of scared to open it, but I was like, oh, actually, that's not too bad. (laughs) I was, like, afraid it was going to look, like, horrifyingly bad. But I was like, yes. It looks like a Sonic character. (laughs) I was like, if you just showed me that, I'd be like, yeah, that's definitely Sonic fan art. (laughs) That is eternally very, that is very cute and good. (laughs) But the fact that she kept it, she was- she was she was like I was cleaning through like some of my old uh, art portfolios because she keeps like all of her art in like you know big clear file folders and she was like I found this thing that you drew for me like twenty years ago <laughs> and I was like holy shit this is so old oh and I I was just like kind of marveling at the fact that like gosh we've been writing to each other for a long time <laughs> that that made me like feel so good for her that she was still like enjoying like all of these characters that she invented like 30 years ago still to this day like (laughs) i was like man i wish i could get enjoyment out of something i made 30 years ago because i look back at stuff i made like five years ago and i'm like god (laughs) why did i do that (laughs) like even my old podcast i'm like oh i can't I can't listen to these old episodes. They're too bad. Uh, (laughs) Some of my radio stuff is embarrassing. I'm with you. I went through my little memory box and I had decided to save just squashed down, folded up the box of the first box of Pocky I'd ever had. I got rid of that. I don't know. I kept it for 10 years. Wow. 10 years. (laughs) So not on the same level, but... But you might forget what Pocky looks like. (laughs) How? (laughs) What if the box for Strawberry Pocky changes? (laughs) I need to. I need to. As a historian, I need to to record this. I'm dedicating myself to the the weird thing of of trying to get people's weird oral histories of fandom stuff that I don't know if anyone cares about, but I care about. It's I don't know. Childhood ephemera stuff is just. It's sweet, it's fun, it's full of, like, unbridled creative energy and confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking about just going up to people and talking in Japanese because you could. And you yeah. were so confident about it. And I don't know, no it, just, fear. it just makes me happy to hear, like, what people, <laughs> like, the things that people had in their lives that made them. And mm-hmm. 
affect them to this day. And I am glad that you run a podcast talking about uh, these these older anime so that we can like people can learn about them because I've I've just I've always been curious about stuff in old anime, but it's so there's like years decades and decades of it so it's hard to know where to start and what to do and it's just really cool that you're just out there being like positive about it and not being like well you guys don't know about this stuff so boo (laughs) (laughs) i mean when i first kind of started the podcast like i feel like i might have been like a little (laughs) bit like that like oh you kids don't know nothing it's okay nothing but at the same time like you know as i kept going i was like it's not really their fault per se there's just so much of it and like you know fandom was kind of driven when i was younger into you know these mindsets were like okay we're all kind of on the same page like everyone kind of fell in line and was like okay so this is what i need to know this is what i should watch this 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 and like i said we all kind of had like a hive mind of like we knew what like all these different things were and sort of understood each other but the scope of like how big anime now is that's just impossible there's no way you could know every single show and character and creator and voice actor like there's just no way there's just so much of it so you know it's gonna be hard for those people to go backwards because they're still trying to figure out, like, the stuff that that came out two years ago. And plus I realized uh, there were so... There's other podcasts out there where people yell and scream about, like, you know, stuff and what they hate and negativity and all that. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't... Mm, that's not my favorite thing to listen to. Like, I try to be a more positive force because there's already so much, like, negative stuff already out there. And it's way more fun to talk about stuff I like than stuff that I hate. You know, I try to bring a little bit of, like, low-key, just chill, having fun. Like, I I had someone recently tell me, like, they started listening to the podcast, and they were like, I really like this because it just feels like I'm at your house, and we're just chilling out, and we're talking about something. And I was like, that's kind of the vibe I'm going for, you know? Like, just chill. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you already know about this, but it's just fun to talk about. You know, I wanted to make it like a thing that older people like me could listen to it and be like, oh my God, I totally understand what she's saying. Uh, But like, I wouldn't be alienating like younger fans, you know, because I want them to learn about older stuff. I want them to be excited about these older things that (laughs) make me feel ancient that I really love. I... (laughs) I was just talking on Twitter this morning, like, there was somebody who tweeted this thing that was like, uh, how old were you when the original Berserk anime came out? And it was, like, 1997. And I was looking at the replies, and there were people who were, like, two. And there was someone who... There was someone who said they were negative four, and I about (laughs) died. (laughs) I was and like, why? Person. I feel so old. Aww. That's like a slow but... transformation that's happened in my brain now that I'm sort of like out of college and have been out of high school for a long time. 
and it's just mm-hmm. funny seeing what people can consider old. I think someone wa- I saw a post where someone called Haruhi Suzumi a retro, and I thought I was gonna. I, I felt like falling downstairs. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> like I felt like I was plummeting to my death. Yeah, I had a. Uh, this is a story I love telling. Like I think it was three or four years ago, um, what was it? Right Stuff has, you know, they periodically send advertisements for sales that they're having, like, in your emails. And so I opened an email to Right Stuff, and they were like, classic anime sale! And I was like, ooh, what's what's on sale? Like, maybe it's something I don't have. And, like, the first thing that was listed was Death Note! <laughs> Death Note! <laughs> and I was like, Ex- excuse me? what (laughs) i was like death note is classic anime now and then the thing that was right under it was full metal alchemist Alchemist this is not old guys please don't do this to me and then finally i think because it was three things it was like death note full metal alchemist and the thing at the bottom was astro boy and i was like (laughs) two of these things are not like the other the three animes that are older than god (laughs) Haven't you know Death Note has always existed? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Uh, oh, it's wild uh, that both of those things are turning 20 soon. I know. It's oh, so Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> that that new uh that new Death Note chapter that came out not too long ago was really good though. Ooh, I gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah, Visa has it I I think free on their website because that's where I read it. Okay. Uh, because they were like <laughs> try- trying to stop scan later. They were like, "We have it for free. It's okay. You can read it." PSA, everybody, let's go get that death note. <laughs> go read that death note thing, and let's look around. It was wild. I I don't know what I was expecting from a random one shot death note story, but like it it was like a, a it was an adventure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. There's a lot of, like, very silly, chaotic energy in Death Note that people don't always acknowledge, but I think that's a very big charm factor for it, for me. True, true. Because, like, like, you're like the premise Eric, itself so is smart. They're playing the- 4D chess. <laughs> they're playing chess on motorcycles. It's 5D <laughs> chess. Like, they're so smart. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the premise itself is pretty ridiculous, but, like, it's entertaining. It's really just, like, they took this wacky idea and they oh ran with it. They were like, how how serious can we take this random weird idea? My, like, my, like child brain was cracked open when, like, Light was explaining how his draw would, the mechanism that would make it light on fire if someone tried to get the Death Note. And I was like, that's so silly. <laughs> <laughs> God. I'm gonna hide this what, death what note in these the potato first, chips. What was the first anime that utterly cracked your brain open? I'm gonna be unironic and say Millennium Actress literally. I was like, I was on an artistic high when I saw that at age 16. Ooh. Hmm. Well, it was... I guess it would probably be like one of the first things I ever remember seeing, which was Galaxy Express 3.9, because I was really young when I saw that. I was like five. Whoa. And, you know, yes. I didn't really know, I didn't really know what anime was. I was just like, ooh, cartoons, pretty cartoons. I'm going to watch these cool cartoons. And in the, it's not really a spoiler, but like in the first like five, ten minutes, the main character's mom 
gets shot and killed in front of him. And I had never seen a thing where, like, someone's mom died. So, like, it never occurred to me that your mom could die. <laughs> oh, no. And so, like, five-year-old me was just, like, horrified. Oh, no. Just, like, oh, my God. It was like a Bambi moment, you know? Like, they killed his mom. Changed uh, forever. Yeah, like. Irrevocably destroyed. <laughs> but, like, for some reason, like, I still wanted to keep watching it. It wasn't like I started crying and was horrified and turned it off. I still watched the whole thing. And then, you know, later, you see his mom stuffed and mounted like a trophy head. <laughs> Which is equally horrifying. All right. I'm going to put this but on the like, list. But, like, yeah. Little five-year-old me didn't even, like, it didn't even register, like, that it was his mom's dead body. Oh. Small comfort. I was, yeah. I, it wasn't until I, like, rewatched it, like, several years after that I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, like... That definitely was just like, what is going on? And that was also the first time I ever saw a cartoon character that I thought was attractive as like a five-year-old. Beautiful. Anime, they're, oh God, anime does that to people. Because the, with the the first character I saw that I found attractive was, um, well, I vaguely thought Maytel was attractive, but um, um, Emeraldus showed up and I was like, oh. Who's she? She's beautiful. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. She's the most beautiful cartoon lady I've ever seen. And then, like, Harlock showed up, and I was like, oh, who is this handsome man? He is also very handsome. It's like, kid me seeing Rouge the Bat. I was like, whoa, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and yet it still took me until I was, like, almost 30 to realize, hmm, I might not be straight. I don't know. I don't know uh, about that one. I can't crack that uh, nut open. Yeah. I don't understand. Who knows? Huh. I think it's because, you know, when when I was growing up, like bisexuality wasn't really like something people talked about, so I didn't know I didn't know it existed. I didn't know you could like both. <laughs> I thought it was either yeah. one or the other. I was so like for like... years uh for years it was just like my brain going like, you know, every time I saw a pretty lady and I thought they were pretty, I was like, huh. <laughs> wow, that's nice. I just, hmm, yeah, I mean, that's great. Why, I I don't know why I keep thinking about that pretty person I saw, but gee, they sure were nice and I hope they aren't having a nice day. <laughs> this, this letter goes out to all of my fellow people in the uh, uh, fellow potential girl or girl adjacent people who are in the DeviantArt Riza Hawkeye Club are we all gay now? Can we just talk about that? <laughs> because that was some energy. Everyone was like, I don't know I just think she's so neat. <laughs> Marge Simpson meme I just think they're neat! <laughs> just love this lady. <laughs> oh man, we, so cool. <laughs> we, ju we just love a supportive woman in a mini skirt <laughs> we just i don't know it's just great to see her <laughs> why oh, why man. do i just feel so happy every time she's on screen i, I we'll just never know the deviant clubs <laughs> were so wild i was uh in a kingdom hearts heterosexual club <laughs> Oh, deviant art <laughs> so, wait such a thing exists <laughs> it's still out there 
You can go to it to this very day. There are people still posting in it, and I respect them, I guess. Oh. As long as they aren't being wow. homophobic. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so wild. I'm just, I was just thinking, I was oh like, n- nearly 90% of the people I know that like Kingdom Hearts are definitely not straight. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, in There was like a one that reminds me of a lot of the, the Sasuke has become Catholic meme. There's one oh. that's like Miku Miku dance models of Sora and Kairi praying in church. And you just... Oh <laughs> it's the sort of thing you have to see to believe. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a magical place, and I'm everyone there is clearly oh. having a good time, and this club has been in operation for 10 years, and people still post wow. in it, and I gotta say, I respect the hustle. That's wild. Yeah, see, DeviantArt was never, like, a place that I was, like, super, like, active in. Like, I remember when it first started, I got an account there. And, like, I didn't really know what to do with it because I didn't have, like, a scanner or anything for, like, my drawings. So I was just like, um, here's some photos I took. (laughs) I did photos, guys. Look at them. And then, like, there were a couple instances where I did fan art for some of my friends as, as, like, gifts. And, like, they would scan them and put them on their their homepages, you know, back when people had homepages. Uh, and I would, like, take their scans and put it on my thing, like, look at this drawing I did for so-and-so, and And it would be, like, a horrible quality scan, but at least I had, like, proof that it existed. (laughs) But, um, I never really got into, like, you know, the whole, like, DeviantArt culture of, like, you know, clubs and, and, uh, and groups and things. But I knew a lot of people who did. And I was just like good for you (laughs) i'm glad you found your people i've stolen an inhuman amount of your time (laughs) oh no no i'm realizing i was like this one is not gonna be as long as the raw recording for the last one and lo and behold it is um (laughs) i think we touched a lot of bases it's been very fun um i assume you have some things to tell people to go to to check you out, and perhaps a closing statement. <laughs> okay, so yes, definitely. Um, if people are interested in my podcast about older anime and older like fandom and fandom history and like all that wild stuff, uh, from the the years gone by, <laughs> if you are a younger person or if you're an older person and you want to just reminisce about cool older stuff, that is also cool. Uh, you can find me at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, uh, as well as Tumblr, because Tumblr hasn't imploded yet, so I'm still there, as well at uh, animenostalgia, animenostalgia.tumblr.com, uh, where, like, I'm a little bit more active there, because I seem to have way more followers there than I do on the blog, uh, on Blogspot. Um, so, if you still use the Tumbles, uh tumble on down yeah tumble on down i have a queue set up to post like at least two things every single day uh because why not (laughs) i'm like well while it's still here i will utilize it it's uh so lots of like good old anime goodies um if you're on the twitters uh i am at bunny cartoon on twitter 
Uh, I also just mostly post about just random stuff and pictures of my giant fat cat, who is great. <laughs> yes. He's a big chunker, and I love him. I guess as far as closing statements go, hmm, I don't know. I, I've always really admired people who can just, like, come up with characters and come up with OCs and have been doing it for years. Uh, I've been trying to come up with mascot characters for my own podcast for at least five years and still haven't done it. So I'm kind of jealous of all of you people who have been doing it since you were children and, you know, have all of these OCs and they're like your babies and you've had them for half of your lives. <laughs> I think that's really cool and admirable. Uh, and... I would never make fun of anyone's OC because someone's OC is someone's baby, like I said. So, like, you know, that would just be, like, going up to someone and being like, hey, your baby is ugly. Like, <laughs> that's just not me. Yeah, no. I, I'm I, I here for the confessional style. If somebody needs to tell it confessionally, it's fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it's more fun to commiserate than to make fun of. I feel like. And I had to say, like, I listened to, like, your first couple episodes, and it's just been super, super fun listening to, like, all these <laughs> great stories of people making up their, their little characters. Like, I, lo I, 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 I love, like, getting a look into, like, the brain uh, of some of these people and just, like, you know, what was what uh, got the cogs turning what inspired all of these things because if you're from like certain eras you can definitely tell like oh this character was inspired by like inuyasha then i can be like oh i know when you got into anime <laughs> carbon dating just by the yeah basically OCs. it's interesting it's uh. it's it's pretty it's pretty fun i think and the fact that there are still kids out there like doing the same thing like this is like, OCs are nothing new. They've been a thing as long back as, like, the 70s and 80s when people were making, like, uh, Star Trek and Star Blazers fan fiction. Like, it's it's so fascinating how to me how... the man from UNCLE? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see zines, just a pile of old phantom zines, they're always there. I used to, like, mm -hmm. haunt eBay for zines. Because <laughs> I was so curious. But it is... It's... it's wild to me that this tradition has like just gone on and on and like not even it's not like people are passing it down it just happens organically and i think that's really really great <laughs> like i love it it's just one of those things that you know will just keep going forever like it's never gonna stop so Into i think it's really cool we're all here we all want to be a, a, an anime cat girl with the sword or whatever we all forever <laughs> with with fire power with flame magic flame magic <laughs> ooh one two three four hi hi it's the time i say all of your favorite things our opening theme is by at twinkle parks on twitter and you can check out more of her music at popspirit.net our website is marysuepod.com and thanks as always to jilly for designing it you can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Sue Celebration, and you can support us on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash marcescent. If you are fans of the Anime Nostalgia podcast and are coming over to the Mary Sue Celebration podcast feed for the first time, feel free to check us out, come on our social media, email me at hikarikeybladeprincess at yahoo.com if you would like to come on the show and you have a Sue you want to talk about. So, uh, hope to hear from you guys.